Hello and welcome to the River's Edge Church Podcast. We're excited to share another episode of Hope through our current sermon series, The Disciplined Life. And now, here's our life group pastor, Bethany Brigham. Good morning. Happy New Year. Last week, I was on a beach, and this morning, I was scraping ice off of my car. Anybody else have to scrape ice off their car this morning? Yeah, it was cold. It was a cold night. Uh, Well, last week, Pastor Dave, he introduced this series on the disciplined life. And so today, I'm launching into some of the nuts and bolts of how to have a more disciplined life through spiritual disciplines, through the practice of spiritual disciplines. And so as we kind of go about this morning, it might feel a little bit more like you went to a seminar (laughs) or like a little workshop. Um, And part of it is because that spiritual disciplines aren't just concepts to learn. We can't just read about it and then know how to do it. Uh, You actually have to practice spiritual disciplines. You have to um, implement them into your life. You have to uh, figure out how to engage and use them. Like if you think about you want to learn a sport or something like that, like you can't just read about basketball, you can't just hear somebody talk about basketball and then be good at basketball. You have to get out on a court, you have to do some drills, you have to figure out how your body works with the movement of different things. And so the same is true for spiritual disciplines. You have to try and figure out what is working for you so that you can connect with God, so that, as that video said, so that you can keep God at the center of your life. Um, So my hope this morning is really to introduce you to some new ways of connecting and engaging with God, new ways of putting God at the center of your life, and then to give you some very practical tools to equip you to go and do it. Because sometimes we can hear things, but then we get lost, and we're like, we don't know what to do. Uh, But I'm hoping that you leave today not going, but what do I do? You leave today going, oh, I know something that I can do this week. Uh, So that is my hope for you this morning. Uh, Before we lived in the Sacramento area, uh, my husband and I, we lived in Sonoma. And in the Sonoma coast, there's these big redwood trees. And so one of the things we got to experience was zip lining through these redwood trees. And I don't know if you've ever done this before. You go from like platform to platform on these huge trees, and then at the end you get to do this, you know, long zip line. And we got to maybe the second or third platform, and this big like wind came. And I was just like, whoa, like, what's going on? I wide-eyed, like, grabbing onto the bar. I think the guide could tell I was a little freaked out. And so she was just like, oh, yeah, you feel the tree swaying in the wind? And I was like, yeah, I mean, how do you not feel this tree swaying in the wind? And she goes, oh, no, that's a good thing. That, that means the tree is healthy, That means it's alive, and when the wind comes, it can just move with the wind. She's like, it's when the tree is not moving that that you have to be careful, because then maybe the tree is dying or is dead. And so when wind comes, it might just flop over. 
And so I'm like, oh, okay, we want the trees to move. So then I'm going along, and I'm like, please move, please move, please move, like every single way. Um, But this picture really stuck with me. And it became something that as I grew in my spiritual walk with God, because this was when I was in my younger 20s that we did this, that it started to become something that really helped me in thinking about my walk with God. That when I am healthy, when I am rooted and grounded with Jesus, then when the wind comes, when the challenges and trials come, I, I can just kind of sway with the Spirit. I'm not uh, flopping over. I can withstand and withhold the challenges and trials because I'm rooted in the one that gives life. I'm rooted in the source. I'm healthy. But like a dead tree, if I'm not healthy, then when these trials come, then I can just fall over. And so what I love about spiritual disciplines, what I love about spiritual rhythms, is that these are the tools or the means to help root ourselves in Jesus. These are some of the ways that we can grow and be more connected with Jesus so that when trials come, because they will come, when hard things come, because they do come, we can withstand those trials because we're connected with Jesus and we won't fall over. So, the next three weeks, we're going to look at uh, some spiritual disciplines and we are using a resource uh, by Richard Foster called The Celebration of Discipline. Uh, It's a great book. You can write it down if you want to buy this, order it, uh, look at it. It's, It's a great resource to have. Uh, He goes through 12 different disciplines, and he puts them into three different categories. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at those, the the inward disciplines, the inner ones, the outward disciplines, and the corporate disciplines. And since we're going to be moving through these pretty quickly uh, and just giving you like a taste of these, I want to just quickly encourage you, there's two opportunities if you want to go deeper with the disciplines to check out, and that's what Pastor Dave was referring to with life groups. We have a monthly contemplative prayer life group that I lead, and this year we're actually going to go through uh, Foster's book, One Discipline at a Time per Month. Uh, There's 12 disciplines, 12 months, and really dig into each discipline. The other one is foundations, and foundations, we have two groups that are doing foundations, is an opportunity, it's an eight-week long group where you get to practice and put into regular rhythm about half of the disciplines, about five or six of the disciplines that we're going to be looking at, that you can practice those on a regular basis, and you can begin to start that habit and rhythm. So if, if you want to go deeper uh, over these next three weeks, you're just going to get a little bit of a taste, then uh, jump into one of those groups, and that will help you with exploring them more. So uh, inward disciplines, that's what we're talking about this morning. What are those? And so it's right there on your notes. I just spelled it out for you. Inward disciplines are practices that help you slow down, quiet your mind, and give intentional focus to experience God's presence. Slow down, quiet your mind, give intentional focus to experience God's presence. 
Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And so these disciplines, they tend to lean more towards this idea of being still, of silence, of waiting and listening. We have to stop to practice these disciplines. We just have to be. And so when we stop, when we listen, when we just be in God's presence, that puts us in a posture, that puts us in a position where we're more able to hear and to notice God's presence. And I'm not saying that you can't notice God's presence in the chaos and craziness of life. We actually do want to notice God's presence in the chaos and craziness of life. But oftentimes it's hard to notice that if, if you don't know what God's presence is like. And so the inward disciplines help us to discover and to discern and to identify what is it like to be in God's presence. And these disciplines help create space in your life so that you can experience more of God's presence. So the first one And these are all from Richard Foster's book, so I'm not making these up. (laughs) Uh, The first one is meditation. Uh, And meditation is simply the ability to hear God's voice and to obey his word. It's, It's about listening and reflecting on God. It's about listening and reflecting on God's word. Listening and reflecting on God's works, God's being, God's presence, to be able to be aware of God, to rest in God's love. And so when we connect with God, when we hear God, when we're in God's presence and we've experienced God, then through meditation, what happens is our natural desire and our natural response then becomes to want to obey It becomes to want to live a different life. And so oftentimes we hear meditation and you just think, oh, it's you do nothing. Well, no. (laughs) Meditation is actually waiting, active waiting, active listening in order to know God's presence, to know that you are loved by God, and then out of knowing that you are loved by God, responding and living a different way. Jesus, in the book of John, he talked about sheep going through a gate and that a gatekeeper opened it for them and that the sheep would listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And says John 10, for when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Meditation, Christian meditation, is the practice to help us to hear and to know the voice of Jesus and then to be able to follow that. It's a great discipline, meditation, for people who think that their relationship with God is based on doing. If you find that a lot of how you think about your walk with God is that I have to do a bunch of things, I have to uh, ha- get earn God's favor in some way, 
then meditation might be a really good practice for you. Because meditation isn't about necessarily doing anything. It's about being with God. And the doing comes from the being. Your doing comes from being. So when you know you are loved by God, when you are known by God, your desire then is to live a life, to respond to God that is different. So for you, maybe if you find your walk with God has a lot to do with needing to do things, meditation might be something for you to consider practicing. A great practice for meditation is a practice called Lectio Divina, or Lectio Divina. It's called uh, the divine reading, or the sacred reading, that's what that word means. And it's a scripture meditation, is what it is. It's not to be confused with studying scripture, we're going to get to that in a minute, but it's a scripture meditation. You're slowly reading God's word in order to hear God speak to you so that you can then know how to respond and to walk differently. Uh, and so in the back, uh, after service and for all of these different disciplines, there are some sheets that I have. Uh, if you are wanting to explore uh, this practice more, then it, it will walk you through exactly how to do it. It's very easy to just follow uh, the worksheet on Lectio Divina, and you'll be able to practice this form of meditation. The second uh, inward discipline that Foster talks about is prayer. Prayer. And prayer simply, uh, the way I'm defining it, is constant communion with God. Now, there are books written on prayer. Tons of books written on prayer. So I'm just scratching the surface, and I'm just really actually even trying to hone in on one specific area of prayer. When we think about communion, and when we think about connection uh, with God, I want you to think about when you're connecting with other people. If you're really connecting with somebody else, a good friend, a spouse, or something like that, there's a give and take, right? It's a two two-way street. It's not a one-way street. It's not just one person doing everything. It's a two-way road. And so in prayer, oftentimes, we are really good at the talking part, at talking to God and talking with God. And that is a part of prayer. That's part of communion with God, is talking with God, talking to God. Oftentimes in the discipline of prayer, what we miss is the listening listening to God. And listening can be hard, I think, because it means you have to be silent. How awkward was that, to just be silent? Silence can be really awkward and uncomfortable for us. And so we fill silence with noise, with music, with talking, with podcasts, with background TV, with, I don't, whatever. There's noise in our head, right? It's, not, it's like maybe it's quiet where we are, but our mind isn't silent. Our mind is going all the time. And so part of prayer, part of the discipline of prayer is really the discipline of silence. 
It's allowing space for God to speak. I didn't coin this phrase. Actually, one of my professors said this to to a class of ours. He said, sometimes we need to shut up so God can speak up. (laughs) I was like, that's pretty catchy. But it's true. Sometimes we are just too busy and there's so much noise that we can't hear God speak. And when we take the time to practice being in silence, when we take the time to listen to God, what happens is rather than our agenda and what our wants are as we talk to God and say, God, I want this, I I want to ask you for this, I want to seek this, that we begin to hear God's desire and will for our life. And then when we pray, we pray in alignment with God. And so we see Jesus in the book of Mark. He's done all these amazing healings. He's, done, he's connected with so many people. And very early on in the book of Mark, Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. After he prayed, after, or actually while he was there praying, some of his disciples come up to him, and they're like, hey, Jesus, like, everybody's looking for you. All these people that you just connected with, that you just did all these healings with, they're all looking for you. You need to come. Come back. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, no, I need to go somewhere else where I can preach, because that is why I have come. As he prayed, as he sought God, as he listened to God, he knew the will of God and he aligned himself with that. And so although people were saying, hey, go do this, Jesus was like, no, this is what I need to do. And so as we listen in prayer, as we allow silence to come in, then we can align our will, our desires, our hearts more with God. That we can quiet our own thoughts, quiet our own words, so that they become God's words. So maybe for for those of you that find that the doing or always being busy or always needing to have noise and sound and something going on, then maybe prayer is a good practice for you. That would be a really good spiritual discipline to try out, would be to try out prayer through listening. And so a great practice for this is centering prayer. Uh, centering prayer is really what, it, what it, the name of it is, is to center on God. And so it's being quiet, it's being silent, it's being in God's presence without talking to God. And so oftentimes with centering prayer, there's a word or a phrase that you have to continually draw your attention back to God. So when you do get distracted, because that happens, then you can draw yourself back to God. And centering prayer becomes a place where then you are centered and aligned with God. So as you go about your day, you are aligned with where God wants you to go for that day. So centering prayer is actually 
probably the practice I do the most. I actually do it throughout the day. I have alarms set. And sometimes I just do it for a minute. Um, sometimes I do it for three to five minutes. Um, some people work up to just doing centering prayer, quiet prayer, listening prayer for hours. Uh, but it's a way to recenter my life, recenter my day um, towards God. Uh, these first two practices, meditation and prayer, uh, these embody a lot of what uh, I use the term contemplation is, and we have a contemplative prayer night group. And maybe sometimes you're like, what is contemplation? Well, prayer and meditation are what contemplation is about. And so I actually asked uh, Linda O'Neill to come up to share a bit more of her experience of what it was like, what it's been like for her to engage into these disciplines. So there we go. Yikes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Is this all right? Okay. Um, one of my favorite scriptures actually is a call to prayer. Uh, it's Psalm 27, 8, and it's, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. God knows my heart. He knows what I need the most. He knows what you need the most. Even when I sometimes try to take control, I try to walk the other way when he's told me something that he wants me to do. Um, he knows me. He knows where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. His presence is like that gift. He, it's like a gift that he wants to give to me, to give to you every single morning. And that, and that gift, he says, you know, if you have kids, you know how this feels. Um, look, look, I have something for you. Look what I have for you. Come and see what I have for you. I'm doing something new. You know that from Isaiah, right? I'm doing something new. Even though I read my Bible every day, I was feeling drawn to more, a deeper relationship with Jesus. I didn't need to do more. I just needed to do things differently, to be open to the new and beautiful things that God was doing, to actually simplify my life, not make it more, to simplify my life for what really matters for the presence of Jesus. So I started attending contemplative prayer here at REC, and I wasn't sure what to expect um, when I went. Um, if you come, you'll see what I mean. Um, it was hard for me to be very quiet and still, really hard, because you come in to a quiet space. Um, and it was hard for me to focus on what Pastor Bethany was saying, what she was reading, um, because I couldn't relax. I couldn't let go of all that was going on in my mind. It was everywhere. But with practice, I'm learning to quiet myself and to really enjoy, and I say that, enjoy the presence, the quiet presence of God. What I discovered with contemplative prayer is that I needed to learn to listen in order to hear God speak. So I needed to listen to hear God speak. God is always speaking, but I'm not always listening. How do I hear God speak? I found that if I'm still and quiet, sometimes I can actually hear him speak audibly. Sometimes it's a feeling or an understanding of scripture that comes to me. Sometimes it's through nature, and sometimes it's a Christian friend who shares a word with me. 
For me, listening is the key and creating space in my day to meet with God. You have to intentionally set up space in your day. I've started using contemplative prayer practices at home at the start of my day. I'm pretty practical. I use two apps from my phone to keep me moving through it, to lead me through it. Um, I use a Centering Prayer app, and I use one that's called Lectio 365, which Pastor Bethany shared with us at our uh, contemplative prayer meeting. Um, I started with two minutes of solitude, and boy, that was hard. Um, sitting quietly and trying to bring your mind back, bring your mind back. And um, so I started with the two minutes, and I've slowly been able to increase my time to about 10 minutes, which is a really long time at first. Um, but I wait, and I wait to hear from God. And the time goes by so quickly. In my mind, I have to bring my mind back with one of those phrases that Pastor Bethany talked about, and I'll explain that in a minute. Um, sometimes I hear from him in that silence. Sometimes a thought comes into my mind later. It doesn't always happen right there, but I recognize it as his voice when I hear it later on. Um, God meets me there as I create space to listen for his voice, and it's how I start every day. I'd like to share a prayer that I've started praying each day as part of practicing centering prayer. It's what I start my centering prayer with every day. And it comes from a book called Open Mind, Open Heart by Thomas Keating. Lord, your presence is so immense, yet so humble, so awe-inspiring, yet so gentle. It's limitless and yet so intimate, so tender and so personal. I know that I am known by you. Everything, everything in my life is transparent in your presence. You know everything about me, and Lord, you still love me infinitely. You are boundless in compassion. Jesus, your presence is like coming home to a place I should have never left, to an awareness that was somehow always there, but I didn't recognize. Lord Jesus, you are here, and I am home. For me, spending time with God before this was my daily Bible read in the morning, which was great. I was learning a lot, um, but I wasn't actually encountering God. Now I know that that's, I wasn't actually encountering God. Then it seemed like God was gently nudging me. He was inviting me to something deeper. Contemplative prayer practices have helped me do this, to go deeper. That last part of my prayer that I, that I shared with you, Lord, you are here and I am home, has become my breath prayer. You breathe in part of the prayer and you breathe out the other part of the prayer. Something that I pray at different times during my day. Sometimes it's if I'm stressed or I'm confused or I feel anxious, I will pray that prayer. So it goes like this. Um, Lord, you are here and I am home. Lord, you are here and I am home. What I guess I realized, what I guess I realized through all of this was that home was and always will be the presence of God. So if I'm anxious and I think, well, if I'm home, I'm not anxious, I'm comfortable. Home is where you're comfortable. So home will always be the presence of God. And what does it mean to be home, to be really home? I had to think about that. Home is a place where you are known and loved just for who you are, 
just as you are. Jesus is inviting you there, just like he invited me all the time. He's calling for you to come and talk with him, just like the scripture says. He says, look what I have for you. Come and see. And that's his presence, right? What will you do? If you do this, it will change your life. I love that. So Linda didn't have a lot of context for these disciplines, and she jumped in. She said, I didn't know what to expect, and now it has been changing and transforming her life and has become a disciplined way of life for her to connect with God and to know God's presence, to have a breath prayer throughout her day. Maybe that's something that you're longing for. Maybe that's something that you're like, man, yeah, I feel like I'm missing that then these simple practices are a way to get started, to jump in. So there's two more I'm going to go through quickly uh, in these inward disciplines. The third one is fasting. Uh, Fasting simply is to abstain from something, to stop doing something, in order to feast on God, in order to feast on God, to know God, to experience God. And so fasting really is centered on, and it's most importantly, about drawing us closer to God. That when we're not focused on something we might normally do, and so the most common way to fast is from food. When you're not focused on eating, when you're not focused on prepping the food that you're going to eat, then you can take that time and use that time to connect and to focus on God. You can pray, you can meditate, you can do centering prayer, you can do Lectio Divina. Uh, And then as you go about your day and you notice maybe you're a little bit hungry or if you fast from social media, you notice, I have that urge to check, you know, that Instagram post. When you have these moments of whatever you're abstaining from that you want to go to that, it's a moment for you to recenter, to redraw your attention back to God and to say, no, God, you're the source of my life. You're the one I want to be rooted with and connected to. You're the one that gives me health and life. And so then you're drawn back to God. So it's a time to feast on God. I love this example of fasting from Anna and and Luke 2. And she really, as I was like reading this, I was like, really, she just embodies all the inward discipline. So if you want an example of somebody who's not Jesus in scripture, this is a great example of the inward disciplines. In Luke 2, 36, there's a prophet, Anna. Um, she was very old, lived with her husband seven years, was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And this was right after Jesus was born, and so Mary and Joseph and Jesus are coming into the temple. And so she says, coming up to them, coming up to Mary and Joseph and Jesus at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
that when she is living these disciplined life practices, when she's practicing fasting and prayer, when she's rooted and connected to God, then she can speak of and proclaim the good news of, of Jesus. She can proclaim the redemption of Jesus. And so as we work through disciplines and we practice disciplines, they become a way of life where we are proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Fasting, I think, is a good discipline for those who find that they like to have a lot of control. Or maybe you're someone where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't have control issues, then maybe fasting is a good discipline for you to try because you'll find out you do have some control issues. Um, I will be honest and say fasting is m probably one of the hardest disciplines for me to do personally. Uh, it really shows our limitations. And something about being limited in that it not forces, but it, it allows me to be reminded that God is in control. And that it's not really about what I'm doing or not doing, but that God is at work. And so I can fast, I can stop, I can abstain, and God is still working, and God is still moving. And so maybe if you're somebody who has a hard time with limits or has a hard time with control, fasting would be a good practice for you to consider trying. We can get a little bit overwhelmed with fasting, of like, well, in Scripture, people fast for like, you know, three days, seven days. Jesus was fasting for 40 days in the desert. My encouragement to you would be to start with one meal, just one meal once a week. So like maybe Wednesday lunch. And during Wednesday lunch, normally when you would prep lunch and eat lunch, you would take that time to focus on God. And as you go about your day, you would be reminded and recentering your focus on God as you desire food or sustenance in another way. So uh, just pick a, one meal. Don't have to start all crazy. Just start with a simple meal. Okay, the last one is uh, the discipline of study. And study is to use and enable our mind to think and move in a certain direction. In the discipline of study, we think about things. And what we think about, what we study, that impacts our habits, our rhythms, our practices. And so we see Paul in Philippians encouraging and urging us to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. In study, we think about these things. We use our mind to think about things so that we can connect more with God. And you can study many different things. Foster actually gives lots of different ideas of what you can study. But my encouragement to you, if you want to engage and practice the, the discipline of study, would be to study the Bible. Uh, that would be a great place to start. Um, you can pick up the book 
the Bible, and you can read it like you would any other book, like you would pick up this book. You can just, like, read the Bible. You can meditate on the Bible, right? We talked about that with Lectio Divina. You can slowly meditate on it. And then you can study the Bible. You can really think about what is it saying? What is God speaking? What are the the author's intent and meaning trying to get across to you? I think the discipline of study is a really good practice for people that oftentimes have a hard time explaining why they believe what they believe. We, for people who are, can say, I know God. I know God loves me. I believe in God. I follow God. I trust God. But sometimes that aspect of like, but why? And you can have a hard time. Well, through the discipline of study, you can really begin to get the why I believe because the truths of God come alive as you study God's word. And it helps you be able to bring more clarity to what you believe and why you, why you believe. So a simple discipline uh, of study or a simple method uh, of study of the Bible is something called an inductive Bible study method. Uh, an inductive Bible study method is you take specific observations and then that leads to bigger general conclusions. Oftentimes when we come to, to the Bible, we just automatically start reading and go, okay, what does this mean? But an inductive Bible study is to go, what does this say? What is it saying? What do I see? What do I observe? And then out of what I'm observing, what questions does that bring up to me? And then as you begin to interpret it, you begin to answer those questions, and you can use different resources like background commentaries and maps and learning about the different uh, themes of Scripture. And then as you answer these questions, you begin to see how that might apply uh, into your life. So you have this observation, interpretation, application. And what I love about the inductive Bible study method is that it becomes like an investigative self-discovery that takes place. And I personally, in my own life, I've done a lot of inductive Bible study, and what I've found is that it becomes more impactful and meaningful for me, and it actually, uh, I remember things better when I have done this hard work of really digging into what does this mean? What is God saying to me? And like Pastor Dave said earlier, um, the inductive Bible study method, I think, is really, we can do it by ourselves, and I encourage you to do that, but I also then really encourage you to take whatever it is that you're looking at and bring it into community. And we, I think inductive Bible study method is is really best in community. Um, But whenever we're studying scripture and digging really deep and looking at other resources and commentaries, we want to have community that are helping walk with us to make sure we're not going off, you know, the rails a little bit. So uh, Pastor Evan, he created a, a really great infographic sheet that's in the back for you that if you're wanting to dig more into inductive Bible study, and then you can pick that up. So as we wrap everything up, um, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I know I just 
spewed like a lot of information. Uh, and that's kind of what the next three weeks is just like a fire hose of information as we talk about spiritual practices. But here's the thing, is I can give you a lot of information about these practices, but it's on you to allow the transformation to take place in your own life through actually practicing them. I can tell you how to pray, but in order for prayer to transform you, you have to try to pray. I can tell you how to study scripture, but until you look at scripture and observe something and ask a question and figure out how to answer that question on your own, you're not going to see how the discipline of study wants to transform your life. To really understand it, you have to experience it. So my challenge to you is to pick one, to pick one of those disciplines that you want to try out this week. Maybe it will be a new one. Maybe there's one that you've never done before. Because I know a lot of you in here practice spiritual disciplines. So maybe pick one that you aren't practicing as much. Or maybe pick one that seems to be a little bit harder. For me this week, I'm going to practice fasting. Because I already told you, that's a challenging one for me. So I'm going to practice fasting. When we practice spiritual disciplines, these become a tool, a means, a way for us to draw closer to God. And that's ultimately what we are wanting to do. We're wanting to know God more. We're wanting to root ourselves in God. And so through these spiritual disciplines, we can connect with God more. I printed out sheets for those. I did not print out enough for everybody to take one of everything. So pick the one. Because when it comes to spiritual disciplines, Sometimes we get really excited and we want to just try everything. But my encouragement actually is just start small. Just start simple. Just start by doing one thing. But you have to start doing something in order to have these transform you. Let me pray for us. God, I do pray that you would make it clear for each one of us here um, how you might be inviting us to draw closer to you. Which one of these Holy Spirit is going to help us to slow down, to quiet our mind, and to experience more of your presence? And God, maybe there's one of these disciplines that seems a little bit daunting. And so help give us the, the strength and the openness and the willingness to try something new, to jump in. Or maybe you were feeling a little bit lost. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just bring clarity right now to simplify one thing for each person here so that as they leave today, they are more empowered, equipped, and desiring to just draw closer to you. And so we pray that you would use this time to continue to speak. Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that God has touched your heart through today's message. Please leave us a review and share with your friends. For more information about the ministries of RAC, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. See the links in the description.